so during the week, it really is just spending those extra minutes with the dogs or my husband. But I feel like part of that for me is um, keeping my stress as low as I can through all of that. And I do that by um, being the luckiest person ever to have coworkers who are actually friends as well. So we take lunch together and we laugh and we decompress as a group um, after an arrest we'll go to breakfast or lunch and it doesn't like build up because we're constantly decompressing together. And I think that um, not everyone in law enforcement is fortunate enough to have that, especially locally. Locally, you, you're going call to call to call and you don't get to decompress on your shift. Um, so if I think back to when I was local and I, I didn't have the, the support and the, um, coworkers who double as friends that I do now. It was really, um, I lived up near my family. It was calling home, seeing my family, um, hanging out with friends intentionally, not just, not just going to the gym with them, but actually like having quality time with people for me was super important. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. RX Markier Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Markier Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles. You can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights. Um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale 15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Markier jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and you may be our next winner. Hey, everyone. I got a secret to tell you. There's this really cool company out there called Element 26. We have partnered with them. Um, and they have some of the coolest equipment on the market for us CrossFitters, lifters, um, strongmen, 
Uh, so one of the products they have is thumb tape. It is like the best thumb tape on the market. It is flexible and it moves with you. Um, and it is very tacky and sticky. So great thumb tape. Another one of the products that I use and I love are their grips. They are chocolate grips. They are rubberized. And I'm a Clydesdale, right? I'm big. This helps me stick to the bar. I don't move. I can hang for a very long time as a big man with these on my hands. Uh, great for farmer's carries. Um, even my hands are big enough. I can even use these on a barbell if I want to deadlift. Just saying. No chalk, super sticky. Gotta love them. Uh, their website is element26.co. That is element26.co. Go check them out. So many cool products. We're going to keep showing you what they have over the next few weeks, but you have got to check this place out because they are constantly innovating um, and see what they have to offer. Um, little hint, check out the belts. They got a really cool concept with the belts. Um, you know that Velcro that always pops? They have a solution. So go check that out, element26.co, element26.co. Trust me, you'll have fun with this. Well, hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm your host, I'm the Clydesdale. I have my co-host Kat Shear with me. And today we have a very special friend, Shaylin Laurie. How are you doing, Shaylin? Good, how are you? Good, good. I actually met Shaylin uh, about six months ago uh, when she became the fittest law enforcement officer in the world. So kudos to that. Thank you so much. I know that when we talked back then, this was a goal of yours. This was something you set out to do. Uh, can you walk us through why that was the goal you set and what you did to kind of accomplish that? Sure. Um, the Open had changed formats. So with the whole quarterfinals, semifinals thing, um, I wasn't really sure if I was a semifinals level athlete or not. Um, so I planned on giving it my all in the open and quarterfinals, and then the occupational games was kind of going to be like my season culminating event, um, because I just was thinking I wouldn't make semifinals. Um, and it ended up, up being the opposite, but I chose to still do occupational games, uh, because I wanted to represent, uh, women in law enforcement. And I think that it's an, an important part of our camaraderie just as a profession. Um, and I'm so glad I did. It was a lot of fun. So as a, as a law enforcement officer, I know you've talked about in the past about the three week open actually helping you as a law enforcement officer ac actually compete. Yeah. Um, having it shorter was a lot easier for me to, um, prioritize it and make my rest days on Thursday and then hit the workout on Friday and recover all weekend and hit it again on Monday. Um, only having to do that for three weeks as opposed to five was actually a lot better with my work schedule. Just because my work schedule can be so hectic um, and unpredictable. And can you, can you tell our viewers what that's like? You know, we haven't said what law enforcement you were involved with, but you actually work for the FBI. I do. And you are on call 24 seven. So what does training look like because of that? Um, so for the most part, we, we try to plan our work to be Monday through Friday during normal hours. Obviously, uh, crime happens all the time. Um, so that doesn't necessarily mean that's the only time we're working. 
So um, being on call, we have certain uh, weeks and weekends of the year where we're like the primary agent on call if something were to happen in our area. We cover quite a few counties in the middle of North Carolina. Um, but then if anything happens that's specific to my squad in my area, we're all gonna go in. So for training, that means um, I try to make Monday and Friday rest days so that I can train on Sunday, even though people would normally rest on Sunday. And then um, instead of making Thursday rest day, I push it to Friday so that if I end up working late, one of those weekdays prior to Friday, I can make up that workout on Friday instead. And you work in the violent crimes division, which means you don't get anything mundane, I'm sure. Yeah, no, we, uh, we aren't locals. We don't um, go to regular 911 calls. Um, we work on different squads that are assigned certain federal crime that you would cover. So I work violent crime. Um, so any violent crime that violates a federal law within our counties in the middle of North Carolina would be something that I would take. Okay, so is CrossFit a good stress release from that? Uh, CrossFit's the best. <laughs> um, not only press release, but also we have to be in shape, obviously. Um, we do take a fit test. It's uh, pretty standard, just like the military, running, push-ups, sit-ups. Um, but I feel like if you just train to that fit test, um, you aren't necessarily going to win in a fight or a foot chase if, if that's what um, happens on an arrest. And CrossFit definitely prepares me better than just training to the fit, fit test standards. So what does it do for your mind? CrossFit sometimes, you know, they say you have to go to that dark place. Are there times when you're at work and you have to push beyond your limits to, to apprehend somebody? Um, it, it can happen. I'm fortunate enough to have a big enough squad that if you're out there alone, something went wrong. Um, we would never plan for that to happen. We would always plan to have a full squad there for an arrest. Um, and generally you're not alone. You've got your partners there. Okay. So it's, so it's not like Clarice uh, Starling uh, in the movie where she's all by herself going into a house and trying to find the crazy guy that's making the skin suits, right? It's a little different than that. Uh, that's very Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Darn it. it. Sounds so yeah. cool. <laughs> and scared what made you what made you want to go into law enforcement and what was what was that path sort of academically what does that look like um so I actually in college wasn't sure what I wanted to do so I got an undergraduate degree in psychology um but I worked for campus safety when I was there and my bosses were some of the um most supportive and nicest guys I had ever met in my life and they were retired cops. Um, so just from like having breaks at, you know, we'd have a break at midnight um, to have coffee and hearing all their stories and the way they spoke about the profession um, and how they conducted themselves is really what got me interested. And then um, two days after I graduated college, I started at King County Sheriff's Department and at that point, it was, um, I needed a job. I was done with college. I needed to get some benefits um, and just start being an adult. But it became so much more than that for me. Um, it was 
it was culture shock. I went to a small private Christian college and um, kind of seeing how the rest of the world actually operates and not living in that little bubble anymore um, was certainly shocking, but in a good way. Um, I, I grew up a lot. I learned a lot and I felt like I had a purpose beyond just going to work and making a paycheck. And that's really what, what made me want to continue to pursue law enforcement because I can't see myself just sitting at a desk and working for money. That, that doesn't motivate me. Um, but doing a job where I can actually make a difference in people's lives does motivate me. Mm -hmm. And so when you said you start with the sheriff's department, was that you were training to be an, uh, an, like a police officer at first? Um, I actually started in dispatch, uh, because I hadn't gone academy at that point. And in Michigan, you need um, at least an associate's degree and a police academy. Different states, excuse me, are different and you don't need a college degree. Um, So I started in dispatch after maybe like six months. I didn't love that um, I was taking the call and helping someone through the phone just wasn't enough for me. I wanted some closure and some resolution. So I decided to take admin leave for my department and go to the police academy. And then I came back as a police officer. Got it. Okay. And were there many women in your class? I was one of four and we had like 32 total students, I believe. Wow. Okay. And then when do you take the leap from police officer in your local county to, you know, federal law enforcement and how does that process work? Uh, So... It looks different for everyone. Um, I personally chose to join the military and um, that a dis- Sorry, I was getting a phone call. It's okay. Okay. Um, Congress had, had just opened um, the infantry to females. And right around that time, I was um, getting duty to warn lists that, that would come across a law enforcement network. And as a local cop, you had a duty to warn anyone in your jurisdiction who was listed on a kill list that ISIS had put online. This was back in like 2015, 2016, that these were coming out. So um, I hated that we were allowing ISIS to come on, come into our home and cause this terror, even though um, they weren't acting on the kill list. And I just wanted to do more. I felt like I could do more to protect my community maybe by joining the military. And I had always wanted to serve in the infantry. I had gone through the process to become an officer in the army, but we would get to that point where I was like, do I want to actually sign? And there wasn't really a job that I wanted to do because I wanted to be on the front lines. So they infantry to women, it was like a no brainer to me. It's, it's what I had wanted to do. I wanted to serve in a larger capacity Um, And I felt like I could make a bigger difference for the people in my community that I was already serving um, by volunteering to serve in the military instead. So I joined the military. Um, I loved it. I ended up becoming an infantry officer in the army. And then um, I I didn't get to deploy. Not everyone does. Um, And at that point, things had kind of died down in the Middle East by the time I was done with all of my training. Um, So deployments weren't how they had been. 10 years prior when I would have absolutely loved to go. Um, So I ended up going back to my police department when I got out of the military because I had just taken military leave. And uh, I applied to go federal because I 
I wanted to still serve on a larger scale, um, but instead of just training all the time and being ready to go and never getting to go, I wanted to actually be out there using my training and making a difference, which um, federal law enforcement has allowed me to do. So forgive my ignorance, but women couldn't serve in the infantry until 2015? Uh, yeah, Congress passed something in December of 2015 that allowed women to serve in combat arms. So it wasn't just the infantry, it was also armor. And I believe, no, field artillery had opened a little bit sooner, but um, it also opened up special forces, I think, and Navy SEALs. I could be wrong about that. Um, but I know for sure the infantry and armor MLSs were closed to women until that was passed by Congress. So I joined um, early 2016. That blows my mind. And I also found out that you were the first honor graduate of the basic infantry. Yeah, um, I was the first female to be an honor graduate of any infantry school. Um, and I actually broke the record for the score that had stood for years. So that was kind of cool to um, go in and they were gender neutral standards um, and prove that we didn't, we just, we couldn't just be there and meet the standard, but we could blow the standard out of the water and we belong there. So you were a trendsetter and an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> I was wow. very passionate there. And um, as, as an officer going through officer candidate school, you have to go to basic training first. Um, and then you have to go to officer candidate school and commission and then you have to go to your MLS school. So for me, it was infantry. Um, that process, they will ask you as an officer candidate, you're in regular basic training. Everyone else already has an MLS assigned. Officers have to earn it at officer candidate school based on an order of merit list. So the top performers get their top pick of a branch and the bottom performers get what's left because there's only certain um, number of positions for each branch that's needed at that time. So in basic training, anytime I'd tell someone that I wanted to be infantry, because they'd always ask if you're an officer candidate, what branch are you trying to join? Everyone laughed at me. Literally right. all that's, the male drill sergeants. That's sergeant. not usual, right? I mean, most, most people do the OCS to avoid it, it, infantry, I, right? No, no, not necessarily, but... Um, just the male drill sergeants who were in the infantry, they would, they would laugh and they would be like, ah, you're never gonna make it, women don't belong there. Got it. So then I went to officer candidate school um, and I was top of the order. And one of the cadre who was infantry um, didn't believe that women belonged in the infantry and intentionally gave me one point above failing on an operation. And then I did the next operation with his boss who gave me a perfect score and they were very similar operations. So he just, he didn't want me to be on the top of that list. So he didn't want me to get infantry. Um, fortunately, I still finished fifth overall, even with that um, poor score and there were five infantry spots. So I still got it. Um, but even just getting there was a process and I had to work my ass off just to have a chance to try an infantry school because so many people didn't believe that we belonged there. So I, I, I cut... I'm going to try to formulate this right. You, your job is very male dominant, yet you're doing a sport that is very equal, right? Women get mm -hmm. the same pay as men. You get the same spotlight as men. 
How is that contrast to you? Like your day job is this way, but your recreational hobby slash competition is another way. Um, I am super, super blessed to have a very supportive squad and supervisor. And uh, it does not matter to them that I'm a female. It has no bearing on how I'm treated. Um, for me, my my work life, my gender has no no say in anything there. Um, that's that's not how it was in the military. Uh, that's not how it was at my local department. But now it's it's very much equal, and um, I'm very fortunate to have people who I work with who want to see me succeed. So I don't think that there's there's no contrast. Um, in both places, it's equal. Actually, my gym, I go to CrossFit Shoe Fly in Fuqua Verena, North Carolina, and we are dominated by competitive females. It's, um, you'll see like a class and there's 12 male bars and 12 female bars. All the female bars are gone and there's a few male bars gone because we absolutely dominate that gym. I, um, I was at the Mac Fest this weekend and I think there were, there was at least one team, if not more from yeah. Shoe Fly. I saw some t-shirts on the floor. Yeah, there were two teams there. Um, the RX team, one of the, the girls was street. She's the owner. And then Maria, I work out with them every day. They're phenomenal athletes. Um, and that's just two of many female competitors we have at our gym. Yeah, super cool. So, yeah. so speaking of CrossFit, what, what's on your plate sort of for the next season? What are you, what are you hoping to accomplish? And, and what is your, what do your days look like leading up to that? Yeah. Um, so this off season, I, the Mac back in May was my first individual competition ever. And it was, um, absolutely shocking. I had no clue what I was doing and I hope to never feel like that ever again, because it was so overwhelming. Um, so this off season I competed as my individual, go ahead. That was say, we, got, we got to see you at Mac and, and I will tell you, you seemed stressed right? Yeah. I mean, you did, you seemed very just, dis- you know, in, the, in a good way, you know, cause it makes sense. It was your first time and you sort of were, you know, doe-eyed going into that and, and hopefully you learned a lot, but yeah, I, we could tell that, you know, it was, it was a struggle for you, but such an exciting opportunity. And of all the semis, I mean, that one was just run so well. So you got lucky. I did. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I went, I'm glad I was thrown into it, but uh, I, I tried to prepare much better for next year. Um, now that I know that it's something that's a for me. So this off season, I tried to compete, um, as much as I could individually specifically, so I could learn the pacing and, um, what it's like being out there all by yourself. Cause it's definitely different than like partner comps. Um, and I competed about twice a month. Most of the time I have two more in January and one more in December. So that's kind of still my preseason, but, um, Aside from those three comps, it's all training at this point. I'm um, pulling back on the competing so that I can really hammer my weaknesses, um, give my CNS some time to recover before going into quarterfinals and occupational games again. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to increase my volume right now. So off season, because I competed so much during the week, I would have to um, really have lower volume and lower intensity. So my CNS wouldn't be so drained. 
And then of course you have online qualifiers for some of those comps that you have to do during the week. So then you're going hundred percent again. Um, so my volume was much lower because my intensity was so high all the time. So now I'm, I'm pulling back on intensity a little bit, increasing my volume some, um, trying to get some like monostructural conditioning done in the morning so that in the evening when I go to the gym, I have a little bit less I have to cram into my um, session because I, I only go to the gym in the evening and I try to do all my monostructural at home um, before I go to work so that I can just um, be more efficient with my time, I guess, instead of going to the gym and having to warm up twice and cool down twice for weightlifting and all that. Um, but Saturday and Sunday are my biggest volume days because uh, hopefully I don't get called into work on the weekends. And um, then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is I'm in the gym for probably three to four hours in the evening and doing some sort of monostructural conditioning in the morning before I go. And who's, uh, who are you, who's part of your team? Um, pretty much the whole gym. Our gym is incredibly supportive. I just switched there, um, right after quarterfinals last year. And these girls had known me five weeks and some of them came to the mat to watch. Um, so yeah, I can't speak highly enough about the support in the gym and the rest of them all watched it streamed on YouTube. Um, I had overwhelming amounts of support that I didn't have at the other gym that I had gone to. Um, so my actual team, I guess you would call it street. Amanda street is the owner of the gym. She's doing my programming. Um, and then all of the other competitors at the gym, male and female, um, are working out with me, pushing me, even the non-competitors, just, uh, some people from class who want to do something extra will jump in with me. And um, working out with people for me is so much more important than when I'm, than like the actual workout. Because if I have someone pushing with me, my intensity can be so much higher. So I'd rather do a scaled back version um, and give it that intensity with someone rather than do some higher skill version by myself and lose some of that intensity. Um, so to name the whole gym would take a long time, but. <laughs> So many people in the gym who will do that extra work and who are willing to suffer with me. And it's a game changer for me. So at Mac, you were with Misfit. Have, are you still mm -hmm. with them? Um, so I'm sponsored by Sharpen the Axe and I still follow bits of their programming. I do, um, I do streets programming in bulk so that I can do class with the gym. Um, and then I'll pull like some of their gymnastics capacity stuff. I'll pull some of that. I'll pull some of their, um, most of their monostructural mono conditioning is what I'm doing in the mornings. Um, and then I just do the Metcon and the lifting with classes at the gym. And you're sponsored by Yearbay too? I am. Yeah. They're, um, they're known. Some people don't know yet. They're huge, but uh, they're a plant-based sparkling beverage and mm. they have um, caffeine, more caffeine than like two cups of coffee. So it's an energy drink, but it doesn't stop your heart. Yeah, they've, uh, they've they had them in all of the media areas during the semifinals. Uh, so yeah, I got, got to know them very well. They're great. They're phenomenal people. Um, I went to Pensacola Beach Brawl with them 
and they would pick me up from my hotel, take me to the venue. They would be at the, um, the finishing part of whatever arena I was in with a cold water for me. It was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. And th- yeah. didn't Annie Thor's daughter buy into that? Like she's part owner? She is. Um, she's an investor now as well as an athlete for them still. Yeah, that's really cool. And so how has that change been since you've been, you're, you're the fittest LEO and you made the semifinals, those sponsorships have kicked up a little bit to help you out? Um, those, those are my main two. Yeah. Um, and it's been an absolute game changer for me because I can actually go to these competitions that I need to get all this experience and have some of the costs covered. Um, so it, it's made it possible. Had I been having to pay for all these competitions out of pocket by myself, I don't think that I would have been able to have the off season that I needed to come back ready to go. So what are, what competitions are you doing coming up? So I have, um, 615 throwdown in Nashville in December. That is a team competition. And then with that same team, I'm doing the fittest experience in Texas in January. So 615 is kind of like our, our opportunity to work out together because we have never trained as a team. Um, the two guys are on the blacklisted team together, but uh, the two of us girls have never trained with them. So as girls are doing a competition called fittest of the coast in January, the weekend before the fist experience so that we can get more um, experience training together. So we have those two in preparation for this, the fittest experience, essentially. Well, cool. Well, we're hoping to be at fittest experience. So maybe we'll see you there again. Yeah. Uh, I've never been to that one, but I hear it's huge and a lot of fun. So I'm excited. Yeah. Kat worked it last year. Yeah. So- and we had, um, we had Jeremy Teal on, uh, on the podcast to maybe a month ago to talk about it. So yeah, he, they do a great job. It's a fun one. Yeah, he described it as a party experience. Mm-hmm. A party experience, okay. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun, a cool vibe, big community event. Good, that's what I'm hoping for. So it'll be awesome. All right, so I wanna, I wanna kind of go back a little bit. Growing up, you were a gymnast, so you have that gymnastics background. At what level did you, did you do gymnastics? Oh, I was not, um, I'm not a Carrie Pierce or a Katrin. <laughs> I went through like eighth grade is all. Um, I went once a week. It still was a great foundation for CrossFit, but it was not, not my main sport. Um, soccer was my main sport growing up. I want to do soccer in college. I made my college soccer team, but the coach was not, um, not my favorite. And I could tell that if I played for him, I was going to hate soccer. And I loved it. So I didn't want that to happen. So in college, I actually found rugby and that became um, my main sport during and after college. And did that, how, how did that go? The transition from soccer to rugby? Um, it really went as a conversation with the coach that thank you for the opportunity, but I'm going to pass. And then I saw the flyers and I was like, sounds way more like me. Um, however, women's rugby, especially up in Michigan at that time, um, through, it wasn't a varsity sport for maybe like two colleges had varsity programs for women as all. So it was not, um, actually a, an in-college sport, I guess you would say, um, and for our college, because we were so small, we only had 3,200 undergraduates. It wasn't even a club sport. It was a student or 
um, by my third year of college, I ended up being the coach. I lined the fields for the games. I had to reserve the fields, do our fundraising. Um, so us students actually ran the show. Um, so it, it gave me a lot of leadership experience that I needed. Um, but it was also more of a family than any other sport I had played up to that point because we weren't fighting for playing time. We weren't fighting to be the coach's favorite. We were fighting to get enough girls at him to be able to play. It was awesome. Those girls uh, will always be near and dear to me. At one time, we talked to another CrossFit athlete who was a soccer player, played in a rec league, and was told she was too aggressive and that she needed to go play rugby instead and, and found a love. Like she went to rugby and yeah. like, this is what I was made to do. Yeah. I mean, soccer is still, I love it. I still play pickup soccer. It's a phenomenal sport. It's the best way to get cardio training in because I hate going to the track and doing sprints. Um, but I had the record for yellow cards in my high school soccer <laughs> team. Not the record. Go want to have. Um, so I think I, I fit in that category of, I, I was maybe a little too aggressive for soccer. Um, and rugby is the perfect fit. All right. So, um, you also told me last time I talked to you that you had sustained a back injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you still dealing with that in, in some sort of way? And how does that affect both your job and being a CrossFitter? Um, yeah, so my injury was, um, from the infantry basic school, uh, from rocking, um, because I wanted so desperately to prove that women belonged there. I ran every single rock that we did and, um, running with a third of your body weight on your back over and over is just not healthy for it. And so the, um, bottom two discs in my back are herniated at first. Um, it was all hip pain. I thought I fractured my hip. Um, I still had probably seven weeks in the course left and I was not going to quit. So I just limped around and pushed through. I didn't know that it was actually a back injury that I was making worse. Um, But at the end of that course, I got medical treatment. Um, I I saw four surgeons and got their opinions. Two said I should get a multi-level fusion and have um, rods put in my back. And you lose seven degrees of motion per disc that you have fused. And then it puts pressure on that one above it. So eventually I'd have to get a triple that third layer fused. I was 25. I was like, yeah, no, that's, that doesn't sound great. So I opted to, um, just try to let it heal on its own. It took probably a good year and a half of, of, um, I still, I went to a CrossFit gym, but I was doing uh, quarter squats to a box and, um, assault bike because I couldn't even row. I couldn't run. It was, uh, tricky to train, but doable. Um, and then I started to get better in probably the beginning of 2019. I was back to actually being able to do everything other than, um, like deadlifting and good mornings, things where you're hinging with a lot of weight are never going to be great for my back. Um, but in 2019, I was able to ramp it back up. Um, And then obviously by 2021, I was healed enough that I could go um, full intensity, full volume. Uh, It's still, I have to sit on a, I have an inversion table at home. I have to sit on the inversion table 
multiple times a day to just get it to decompress um, because I don't have as much fluid in my discs. So the spacing is, the spacing can come back because I don't have that fluid there. But it's, I'm able to work around it. I have a couple of awesome doctors that treat me. I go to 919 Spine and uh, North, North State Sport and Spine. Both of them um, use dry needling, cupping, adjustments, um, and active release to help just keep my back uh, sustainable, essentially. It's never going to feel amazing, um, but fortunately, the thing that hurts the most is sitting, and I'm really able to avoid that. I have a standing desk at work. Other than really like in the car and for a meeting or something, I pretty much stand all day, and as long as I'm standing, I'm good. It's just when I'm forced to sit a long time, like for a long car ride or something, that's when it just uh, doesn't feel great. So do you have to go to a competition early to, because you're going to have to travel there somewhere and you can't stand on a plane and you can't stand in a car. Um, Do you have to like think, plan ahead to make sure that you have time to recover? I don't have that luxury um, because that's more time off work. That's an extra night in a hotel. So that would be amazing if I did. I don't. And um, in order to get around that, I, I'll travel with, I have a TENS unit. Um, so that can kind of help the muscles relax a little faster. I have like stretches that I'm used to doing and active, um, active release that I can do myself. So just working on that mobility and I'll be in the airport stretching if I have a layover and I'm, I'm that weirdo in the corner doing it, but I don't care. It's, um, it's pain relief. It helps. So I'll walk around with that tens unit and stretch as much as I can. So last thing about CrossFit is you talked last time about how important that three week open was as for your job and being able to complete the open. It's been announced that that's coming back. Um, There's some small tweaks, but really nothing to the individual season other than that they're going to change the workouts uh, from quarterfinals to in all the, to the occupational games. How excited are you to hear that news? I was thrilled when I heard that. I listened to Dave Castro on the podcast and he said that, and I could not stop smiling. Um, Last year, it wasn't the most fun to have to redo almost the exact same workout from quarters to occupational games, there was really no training value there. Like you've already done the workout. It's just like a slight twist. So you can't even really compare your score to see if you got better, but it's also only three weeks later. So probably didn't get fitter in three weeks, especially when you're like tapering and deloading. So that makes me way more excited to participate. Last year, it was, it was pretty bumming to have to redo the same workouts again. Just, uh, it lacked a lot for me. And I know um, there are a couple other people in my gym who also did quarterfinals and occupational games, and they they were unimpressed by that as well. And you actually got rhabdo at quarterfinals, right? I did. And then I had the pleasure of redoing that workout three weeks later. <laughs> Not safe. <laughs> wow. So uh, you're married. When, when did you get married? Uh, about two and a half years ago. So your husband has been with you for much of this journey that you're kind of being a trailblazer. Uh, how much support does he give you? He's super supportive. Um, he was my 
only training partner at the last couple of gyms before we moved to shoe fly. And so it was him pushing me that whole time. Um, we actually met at the, we met at Fort Benning. We were in the same infantry course, but he was classes behind me and we didn't ever see each other at work. We met at the CrossFit gym there. Um, so I had just gotten my back injury and he has been with me from seeing me only be able to do strict pull-ups and quarter squats to a box all the way up through now. Um, and he's, he's actually got me into misfits. He always followed their competitive programming. So that's what we did when I finally was able to do more. Um, it was misfits with him the whole time till the mat. Yeah. I saw in his birthday post to you that he thanked you for letting him win one out of 5,000 workouts. That's accurate. Now, he, poor guy, used to um, beat me in everything because I had to scale everything, right? And uh, once I started actually being able to work out, I started beating him and um, it just has never flipped back. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's a trooper. Yeah, and uh, I'm, now we're going to go down Cat's Fairway. You're a dog mom. I am. And if I remember correctly, it's Oliver and Ella. Yes, it is. Yeah. You oh. saw Ella earlier was out in the yard walking around behind me. And they are uh, a puggle. Yes. And, and a chihuahua it, mix. Yep. Ella was the little nine pound um, ball of energy. And then Oliver is a grumpy old man who really likes his bed. Yeah. And so are they, are they, you know, I, I have a dog myself. Kat has three dogs. Um, mm -hmm. We love dogs on this show. There's such emotional support for everything you do. And I can only imagine that being in the line of work that you are and doing all that you're doing, that that is so important to have that emotional support when you get home. It's huge. Um, coming home to a happy dog who every single day gets just as excited to see you <laughs> is what, probably the highlight of my day. If I'm being honest, don't tell my husband that, but, um, they're just consistently so excited to see you. And I don't know how you can be in a bad mood when a dog comes up to you like that. I just, it's not possible for me. Um, I got Oliver very early on when I was a local police officer because I was working night shift, coming home to an empty house. And um, the rest of the world was off at work. All my friends were, you know, busy with their jobs during the day. Um, and for me, that was uh, hugely helpful to just have someone to come home to. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, mine is a Chihuahua mix as well. And when we, I come home, his butt wiggles so hard and so fast because he's so excited to see me. Eat mood, right? Right. It's the, it's the best. Yeah. So I want to finish up unless Kat has some other questions. No, about... I, was just, I was just going to ask you um, in terms of your mental health or, you know, your downtime, you know, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you do to sort of unwind aside from working out um, and, and maybe playing with the dogs? Because, I mean, there's a lot in CrossFit now about destigmatizing mental health. And, you know, we know just statistically that law enforcement officers, you know, often suffer from, um, you know, mental health issues, there's a high rate of suicides and things like that. Like, what are you doing to sort of keep yourself healthy in that, in that regard? Yeah. So, um, between work and training, I don't have a ton of extra time. 
so during the week, it really is just spending those extra minutes with the dogs or my husband. But I feel like part of that for me is um, keeping my stress as low as I can through all of that. And I do that by um, being the luckiest person ever to have coworkers who are actually friends as well. So we take lunch together and we laugh and we decompress as a group um, after an arrest we'll go to breakfast or lunch and it doesn't like build up because we're constantly decompressing together. And I think that um, not everyone in law enforcement is fortunate enough to have that, especially locally. Locally, you, you're going call to call to call and you don't get to decompress on your shift. Um, so if I think back to when I was local and I, I didn't have the, the support and the, um, coworkers who double as friends that I do now. It was really, um, I lived up near my family. It was calling home, seeing my family, um, hanging out with friends intentionally, not just, not just going to the gym with them, but actually like having quality time with people for me was super important. Like I said, now it's, I get to have that quality time at work with my coworkers. Also, my best friends are who I work out with at the gym. So if I had a rough day at work, I come to the gym and my husband's there and my best friends are there. So I already have people to, um, to vent to if I need to, to give me a hug if I need that. So it's built into my daily life now. And um, I'm very fortunate to have that. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. So these are the final two questions. And that is that, one, the, the CrossFit world is full of frontline workers, right? Um, Absolutely. Even the floor announcers are firemen and SWAT team leaders and all of that kind of stuff. Have you been able yep. to connect with them and create um, friendships with the people you met at MAC? Um, so I have connected with a few of them, but at the MAC, I was so focused on trying to recover and just keep up with everything that was going on around me. I didn't get to make as many connections as I would have liked to, but at these other competitions I've gone to off season, I've made tons of connections. Um, so the girl that I'm doing all those competitions with coming up actually met in Kentucky at top of the box. Um, and so obviously we have a lasting connection. We're doing three competitions, having to fly to even go compete in these together. Um, so the Mac wasn't the greatest place for me to make those connections just because of how overwhelmed I was. But this year, if I were to go back, I would definitely be more relaxed and prioritize that. And so speaking of this year, what is the goal? I know last year was LEO and you accidentally made semifinals. Yeah. So now, now what's, now what's the goal? I would love to, um, win back my title as LEO and make it to semifinals again. But this time I would like to be competitive at semifinals and try to fight to get in the top heat. So we're looking at top 10. Uh, that would be a dream come true. I'm gonna work my ass off to do it and we'll see. Well, your track record shows that if you put your mind to something, uh, there's a pretty good chance you're gonna pull it off. So uh, I'm excited for this season and excited to see what you can do. Thank you so much. Yeah, best of luck. We'll be watching. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah. 
Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube, as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use, and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.